0: Welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, comedian Josh Yang, and I am the actor Lucas Ng. the actor, uh, soon to be the Sir Sir Lucas Ng. Oh man, I thought I could be knighted. Uh, knighted, yeah. Especially as a colonist, that would be a, that would be quite true. Uh, as that be quite. Having been colonized, that would have been quite an achievement. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, welcome back to another episode of Have We Made It Yet? And we're now several months into the quarantine. We've managed to do a few interviews, our first few interviews, which is nice. Um, and I guess, right, I should start off by asking Lucas,
1: have you made it yet? No, but I am starting an acting class later this week, which hopefully would get me a bit closer, so we Mm -hmm. will see. But Mr. Josh Yang, have you made it yet?
0: I haven't made it yet. And I think there's like maybe a one step back, one step forward type of thing Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, The the, uh, Fresh Rice Showcase thing where I had a set filmed in January that was supposed to be released in May. Uh, like I talked to the, the producers, so it kind of got an update from the producers, and it seems like because of everything that was happening, the editing of the actual set, everybody's sets, uh, had to be pushed back because mm-hmm. production uh, facilities that they weren't going to use got shut on. Um, so it's kind of indefinitely put on hold until uh, the producer of Ong's show is able to really... Uh, get all the equipment, get all the processes done uh, for so that he can do it himself uh, Mm -hmm. at home. And uh, I don't know, maybe eyeing a release in the fall. We'll see what we can do when things get better and like maximize the show to try and I don't know, maximize our exposure as well. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so that's unfortunately been put on hiatus uh, on hold for now, which is disappointing. I really wanted to get that out there. Uh, But uh, over the weekend I did, do one of actually his um, Bong's new podcast that he's, he's starting up again nice. where he has a bunch of Asian comedians within Toronto uh, kind of sit in within like a panel structure and they, they talk about various topics of the day. Um, and I did one over the weekend and hmm. it should be out on uh, Spotify with them. And I plugged this podcast in it. So, so we're doing synergy cross, 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 <laughs> You know promotion, so that in the end, we'll, all the viewers will watch each other's stuff, and and maybe we'll get new new viewers. Who knows?
1: But, the Avengers
0: uh, of the podcast community, as it will. Yes, the Avengers of the uh, Asian acting and comedian community within Toronto. Wow. Yeah. Niche marketing, man. Such niche marketing. But other than that, um, yeah, no. So everything's still kind of on on a standstill um yeah but i think i think we've i mean we've done four interviews now i think uh yeah one to be to be released to be released yeah and um that's by the time you uh, our listeners will listen to this one they will have listened to the other one mm-hmm. so um that was a, a fun podcast that we did with uh slatina what was her last name again P-Pacheva. pacheva p-a-c-h-e-v-a P-A-C-H-E-V-A. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we had her uh, on the podcast, and she was a, a writer, which is which is interesting, because so far we've had, like, uh, comedian, yep. and then um, comedian, filmmaker, writer, kind of multi-talented type of dude uh, mm-hmm. in our salon, and then we had uh, just, like, a pure actor in Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, well, the first guest we had on... Um, Uh, was our mutual friend uh uh, what was this thing called again it was goalie gab Gab. yeah right 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 it was a goalie gab and Mm -hmm. um it was with the oh no why is his name his name's escaping me i thought his
1: name is e-dog as i call him but evan furlong is what his parents called him yeah right right oh for a second there i was like i tried to I tried
0: to give myself an out to remember, but for some reason it just slipped. Oh, that's embarrassing. we will cut this out later. Uh, no, don't we worry. probably won't. We probably won't cut it out. Um, but yeah, so we had uh, him on first. Uh, then we had uh, Arslan Annabelle Loy, actress mm-hmm. out of Vancouver, and then we had Zlatina, the uh, writer.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's a pretty good mix. Yeah, really though, it's like if there's anything that I really learned from Evan though, because mm-hmm. I knew him since since I believe 2017 it 's twenty twenty now and um, when we first worked together, we were kind of just drudging by knowing that we did want to work in film, know that we did want to do creative pursuits that were maybe not in line with what our work was, which was formerly at that post uh, at that post production house in in movies mm-hmm. um, but it 's really exciting for him to to actually progress. Uh, and see him actually do what he said he was going to do. I remember him telling me, you know, goalies are just weird people. So I wonder if I can just make a channel about goalies talking. I'm a goalie. I think I'm pretty quick on my feet. I'm going to try this out. And he actually did do it. And uh, I'll be honest in in kind of this too. um, Evan also, I also confided in Evan before all this about like making a podcast and he was pretty like supportive and really encouraging about this idea too. So Mm. if there's anything I learned from Evan, it's like be supportive, but also like be entrepreneurial about where your strengths lie, because there is only one you. And if you can make people, you know, convince other people that you are special, then hopefully other people will gravitate towards that kind of same energy you have.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Was there, were there any other kind of like, takeaways from all of the d- other interviews that you did as well. That we yeah. did. Well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um Arslan was there was way too much, man. <laughs> like like if there is I think I wrote it in my Facebook caption when promoting that episode was like name a skill and Arslan has probably already mastered it. Um yeah. of course like not there is only one Arslan in the world. But if there is anything that I learned from him, it's that you don't know what you don't know. So try as many things as you can and all the little holes that you don't have within that game to perfect whatever skill that you want to do, make sure you perfect it or at least attempt to make it better day by day because you only know your pitfalls until you actually recognize it along your journey of perfecting that one skill. Right. Um, With Annabelle, I just said in my notes, because she was originally from Toronto and then uh, she went back home to Vancouver And my main takeaway from her was like, be willing to change and to be also be vulnerable and also be okay with eating it to get better. Because, you know, we talked about bombing. We talked about all the different audition audition snafus that you might do and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, When you first start out, it's going to get really rough and your growing pains are going to look so awkward, but you got to do it. And that's what I just learned from her you know, eventually you might get a show one day if you continue that path and you continue to get better, but only right. if you are willing to be able to eat it once in a while. Yeah. How
0: about you? for you? Uh, well, for me, I think uh, just the fact that we had so many different guests on um, that, like, you know, when we got down to the concept of like making it, everybody had their own versions of what it may meant to make it kind of early on, but then there was a lot of, and it, it makes sense. And I, I kind of thought this would happen is that from when you start versus when you, where you are now and probably where you are later, you know, your concept of making it will always change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of like not, not only through like what you want to happen, but from what you've learned along mm-hmm. the way through failures, through victories, is that once you get this experience of knowing what it takes or knowing more about the industry or or things you have to do, that your perspective of making it will just be a little bit more nuanced. It'll be more informed.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting to talk to them about where they are now, but then I think it'll also also be very interesting to see what happens later on as well. Like, you know, if something, um, if if one of them gets a bigger break and then Mm -hmm. they're able to uh, take a bigger step
1: Mm towards,
0: you know, their goals or whether or not like things are plateauing or continuing and it's, you know, it's still in the process of, you know, hacking it out. Um, I think it's it is interesting to to talk to them about their experiences at this moment in time mm-hmm. and then being able to maybe see what what's changed later on if we maybe get them back
1: in the future. Yeah, yeah. And I mean the whole goal is to of course like we're building friends up as we're um going through interviewing basically our friends too. Um yeah. but in ten years time it's it's it is pretty exciting to see what could happen in the future. Mm-hmm. You know? Evan's goalie gap channel might explode. Arslan might be winning an Oscar. Annabelle might be getting a golden globe. Latina might be getting her writer's guild award. And of course, like not making it does not mean always just getting a trophy or, Mm -hmm. or some kind of award, but you know, at least steps are being made. And I think that's to your point too. um, You know, as we're making it, 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 it does get more nuanced as we go along this journey. And so maybe eventually, who knows, the craft might be gone if they don't want to pursue this anymore, but at least they've made it in terms of them already trying it and yeah. doing their all and their best. But fingers crossed that we all progress together and see where it happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's it's it was also interesting to hear everybody talk about, you know, they, they didn't necessarily set, like, goals that are that you would imagine everybody would set is like oh if yeah. you're an actor making it means you've won an oscar making it means you've you've you know got a movie a tv show if you're a comedian making it means you've got on just for laughs or whatever i think i think a lot of it is the sense of fulfillment
1: fulfillment yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah it's everybody kind of had that idea where it's like if i can just do what i love to do
1: uh-huh.
0: and be able to you know, support myself doing it, I think that that's just enough to feel like you're able to make it.
1: Yeah. I remember one time I heard a Bobby Lee saying, and I'm probably, and I'm sure he probably took it from someone else, but um, he said like when you first start out, you have to will yourself on stage because you're so nervous. So you have to push yourself. When the moment that you become somebody in that field, you almost feel called to do it instead. Mm. Um, the difference is like, You know, I'm sure maybe on your first show when you're standing when you're doing your first stand-up show, it it does take a lot to like work yourself up to get on stage. I don't know, I don't know for you, but I I hear like a lot of people get just nervous around crowds and everything like that. So right, yeah, definitely push yourself. Oh yeah, but but when you get a bit more comfortable, you almost feel like you're being called to do it because oh man, you're like I can do so much better than that guy that's on stage or something like that, and you're like no, I need to prove myself and do it again. So you almost feel like an incentive to go instead of willing yourself to go.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, in, in the end, it really does come down to drive and how much drive you have in pushing yourself. If, mm-hmm. it's, if you get that sense of drive from feeling like you need to be better or it's like you bombed one night and it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to be better, continuously better. Or if it's like a competitive element where it's like, I, I want to prove that. I'm better than this person or that person or like mm-hmm. prove to yourself. Um I think in the end it just comes to what kind of drive you were willing to have. Yeah, you know, yeah. moving forward. And I think everybody kind of had everybody had their own their own drives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in a sense of like this is what makes them happy and it's it's something that like they want to do. But, you know, I mean they also did like arslan um interestingly like he took a he took kind of like a hard route in the sense that like he became a lawyer in mm-hmm. order to become an artist yeah, you yeah. know where like art, like is like one harder like one like being a lawyer is if you were to say within like society as a job of trying to attain that role as a job it's a hard job to attain it's a hard mm-hmm. career to get into yeah. and then if you go into artistry it's so much more subjective of your version of success it's like you have to he went to do some do a profession that's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: objectively hard you know it's it's objectively well good paying in the industry mm-hmm. yeah to support his his art which you would like if you were looking from outside it's you know so much more subjective. It's, it's so much more risky, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody has their own, their own drive,
1: but also their own method
0: of trying to make it.
1: Yeah. And, And to your point earlier, um, and I mean, we discussed this before too, um, this whole goal of whatever making it is. And we heard it from four other guests that we had on prior to, to this discussion we have now, um, you know, we talk about like, of course, being a lawyer is incredibly hard too. But at least it, it, somewhat at least has a has a path that you can kind of navigate out. Yeah, uh, you know, you get your JD, and then you, and then you, I don't know, I'm probably getting this wrong, but you article somewhere, articling or whatever, and you do that for X number of years and all that stuff. But at least with with artistry, though, again, to your to your point, it's incredibly subjective. But everyone's price in getting to whatever making it is to them is completely different yeah it is an incredible price that you pay it is almost like a blood price that you have to pay at times and that's why they call it at least in my belief that's why they call it a body of work because you are literally putting yourself your own image in front of a crowd in front of a camera in front of a hundreds of people for them to validate you and taste may change perceptions may change you know and mm-hmm. you as an artist, are you willing to stomach that as you pursue your craft? It is, it is an, an unwinding path that keeps on looping in circles and goes up and down as tastes change. And it is a, a price that I don't think many people are willing to pay. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's totally understandable if you're not willing to. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's definitely not. There's no... <laughs> there's. It's, it's risky. There's no a guarantee of a reward at the end of it. And I, I think when it comes, and then it just comes down to inherent drive. You know? Drive, yeah. yeah. And, and like, you can't necessarily quantify the drive or the sense of fulfillment you get from what you do. Essentially, if it's something like, if you know that your identity is that of a, an artist or is that of a comedian, then it's like, even though, even if it's hard, even if it's risky or unstable in the beginning, you're you're at least confident in knowing that this that you are doing what you want to do. So there's a isn't yeah. a sense of like, you know, uncertainty per se. I think that's that's essentially an element of mm-hmm. also what what would be good to have going into it is yep. that you're not your like focused in knowing that this is what you want to do and that you, that's the only path for you. Like mm-hmm. those, those people trying to make it have a certain advantage in my opinion over, you know, people who are giving it a try, which I think I would yeah. put myself in that category to a certain degree, you know, mm-hmm. like giving it a try and seeing if there, there is anything there, but also like knowing that, you know, for me, I still have to try and maintain some kind of day to day, uh, you know, career that would potentially lead to something if, if it doesn't work out.
1: But
0: yeah. I think, I think the ones who have, uh, an ironclad determination and knowledge mm-hmm. that that's what they want to do. I think they have a certain, you know, drive advantage. Yeah. Cause, cause you don't want to be like in it, but you're not a hundred percent in it. And uh-huh. then you, kind of put other things off and then you know drop off a couple of years later when it, when it doesn't work but you know yeah. what that's that happens that's still a, a large percentage of of people trying to make it in the industry like in yeah. the end you know people who, who have suddenly made it big uh, got a role like a career-changing life-changing role on a tv show or a movie like mm-hmm. they would get it when they were waitressing or waitering yeah. And, like, poor as fuck uh, up until the point they got in. Then
1: suddenly their entire lives changed, so. Man, I was watching, uh, we just finished Shits Creek. Me and my girlfriend just finished Shits Creek. And our listeners, whoever watches Shits Creek, um, the character of Alexis, she's played by Annie Murphy. Yeah. Um, she, Before she got the show, and I know this is, like, it's almost a cliche-run story now with a bunch of artists and actors and everything. But... She was saying this on some interviews um, as the show was closing down. Uh, She hadn't worked in two years prior to getting that audition for Schitt's Creek. And can you imagine not working? Like you, you work your menial job, you work your waitress singer or Annabelle, what Annabelle called the Joe job. Yeah. But she hadn't worked an acting job in two years. And she said she literally had like less than $10 in her bank account.
0: Mm. Like,
1: can you imagine the price of that struggle?
0: Yeah. I mean, like, sometimes, like, you definitely need that struggle in order to I don't think
1: you need it, though, man, because that just usually drives people out.
0: Right, right. I think, but I think there is a certain element of that where it's, like, the people who had the struggle for it, that the reward, at least you won't be too, you know... Um,
1: take it for granted kind of
0: thing yeah take it for granted like y- you're at least humbled in a sense where like you can approach it in a in a good perspective good mentality um, yeah I'd, I mean like I don't know if there is a thing where it's like people who struggle more you feel like they deserve it more or whatnot because like deserving opportunities one way or another mm-hmm. is like is hard to quantify <laughs> within yeah, uh, within this this industry. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I like just in my opinion, like when it comes to humans and like, <laughs> are you an alien? No, no. Like I'm am I'm, ta- I'm talking like kind of the human mind, the human mentality mm-hmm. when it comes to like life and being able to I don't know take some certain forms of wisdom or maturity or experience out of it. Like yeah, to a certain degree the the ones that are able to get the most out of you mm-hmm. know their life experiences you do have to suffer i mean suffering is just i think it's an innate element of the human experience yep. so that if you don't suffer work hard and just like take shit for a certain period of time like then you then you don't really fully you know appreciate the highs as well or uh, yeah to yeah. a certain degree
1: to a certain degree. Yeah. Like, like I mean like, yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I just grow weary sometimes. Cause like, you know, too, like the human suffering can, it's a really, really thin, fine line that, uh, that w- I, I don't think it's fair to call it ne- necessary, but, but it does drive innovation at times. Um, but i mean don't don't make other people suffer that's I think that's what what both of us are trying to say
0: well yeah not like not suffering not in the sense of making other people suffer. I'm just like saying mm-hmm. suffering in the sense that like if if you have the if you have that determination to do it, like you know it there have been people who have been able to get out of it mm-hmm. be able to go through the suffering and then get that opportunity in in that moment so yeah it's like who knows what what can happen what could happen yeah Um, but yeah no i think the interviews were great and we're gonna line up and do a few more interviews moving forward yeah um yeah what was uh what else did you want to talk about i remember you had a couple couple things on the
1: docket yeah i mean we we can wow that was a good talk josh we're like almost at 25 already Um, but, uh, what has this quarantine taught you about yourself?
0: Oh yeah. Um, I think for me, I've, I've been training for these, this moment my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think beforehand, beforehand I was a bit, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm introverted by nature, but like, you know, when I'm out with people and stuff like I can bring my energy level up to socialize and stuff like that. But I think just my, my uh, default setting is to be more introverted like I'm totally fine you know being on my own recharging spending time by myself so kind of when Mm -hmm. it came to this like I don't think I was too you know changed in my mentality moving into it um Mm -hmm. but you know I I it does suck because I was trying to push myself to be more sociable be more extroverted and once I made that decision to try and do that, now all of a sudden I'm being forced to be introverted. So it's a little tough that way, but uh, I think I'm fine. I'm fine.
1: What about you? No, oh, I was supposed to say too. This was supposed to be the summer of Josh, man. It was. It was supposed to be the summer of Josh. I was supposed to like
0: hot boy get, summer. I was supposed to get that professionally shot set out. I was supposed to go to Austin in April. <gasps> a lot of plans. Oh, we were supposed to go to Austin in April. yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, that would have been so fun. But that got screwed up, and now yeah, you no, know, it was supposed to be a summer of like really putting myself out there. But now it's putting myself inside. Yeah, but no. how? What about you, man? What about you?
1: Um, so I had down three things that uh, I've learned about myself. Um, I learned that. You know, as much, as much as I like my personal time, dude, I miss all the parties. I miss all of our stupid drinking nights. I miss I miss spending more money, although, like, money was always, like, an issue, too. <laughs> but, like, man, I miss crock rock. I miss going on patios. I miss, oh, yeah. yeah, I miss just, like, you know, as much as this is great, Zoom meetings and everything like that. But like, I miss doing this podcast in person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All this in saying that, although I love my personal time, I myself, and and now it's been even more impressed onto me. I'm a people person and I need to be around people. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, My second, well, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. You can do do that. Okay. my, My second point is that my mental will is really not that strong. Like I kept on thinking of the first week into quarantine. I'm like, "Hell, oh, I'm, I'm going to learn German. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah. Dude, I barely know Cantonese and I'm Cantonese. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and on a side note too, um, I used to live with my grandma back in Vancouver. Uh, she now lives in Hong Kong. She's alive and well and happy and, and healthier there. I'm sure actually, mm-hmm. but, uh, So our family used to live upstairs and and she'd used to live downstairs. Um, And, you know, I, I'd have my own life too. I'd, I'd go out and everything like that, you know, have fun while she'd be downstairs. And um, now, now I understand a bit more how my grandma felt when she lived with us because she'd be bored out of her mind watching the same series and all this without any internet, social media, or Mm -hmm. any friends to take her out other than us when we can. Um, And and I I just can't imagine that. Like, at least we have Netflix. At least we have internet. At least we have Zoom. There's no way my grandma would have worked Zoom. Yeah. Um. And all in saying this is that boredom can actually kill. Mm. So, like,
0: idle hands are the devil's hand. What what is it? The devil's hands are idle hands.
1: devil's best tools or something like
0: that yeah yeah idle hands are the devil's best friend or something like that Mm -hmm. which is really just about masturbating when you have nothing else to do that's what that was about
1: like how many times can you do that in a day
0: no comment (laughs) um uh let's not let's not get into the statistics of whatever um but yeah no i i agree i think it's i think it is very interesting to think Mm -hmm. that like our concept of boredom right now in quarantine is a a faux fake concept of yeah boredom because like there's there plenty of things for us not to be bored with <laughs> but if you're like the nineteenth century you know where like you if you're a farmer or whatever or anybody you wake up at the crack of dawn yeah you go to sleep once the sun sets, and like other than that there's like nothing to do so like you either read or you write or you're like play music or whatever within within your family but like mm-hmm. just the sheer amount of time i think when you look back in old history and and whatever before electricity before tv before mm-hmm. you know CDs or music or that kind of stuff it's like the things that people had to keep themselves just even preoccupied or yeah. like focused on
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's like what we're doing now is nothing
1: yeah yeah. We're, I mean, I, I get all the mental health struggles and, and, you know, uh, domestic abuse is on the rise right now too. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so with all that stuff, yes, it's, it, it's bad. Totally get it. Um, but like, you know, there, we can do this together. And the more we do this, hopefully the sooner it will all be over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm wondering, I mean, I'm interested to think is like, mm-hmm. It was weird to have this all happen and everybody have to quarantine all of a sudden.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: then I, now I'm trying to think of like what will it be like when everything goes back to normal, and I just imagine that being even weirder. Yup. Because that'd be Not like touching you. Yeah. Or it's like you're you're remembering what what it was like, and then now mm-hmm. it's like what it is. It's like this isn't what it was. No. But now it is what yep. it is now. So what is this now? <laughs> yeah so i think that'll be yeah we'll see we'll talk about it later uh, when it comes to that but um yeah moving forward with all the interviews and stuff i think i think we should actually probably come up something i learned about like how we did the interviews i think we did a pretty good job like you know starting off with the question get a sense of you know the have we made it yet um aspect of it and then kind of rolling through the beginning of the guest's experience towards, Mm -hmm. towards the end and then kind of summarizing everything again in a, in a new perspective on the making it. Uh, I feel like we should come up with some either like segments or mini games in between. Cool. That we can do. Got to think about what that could be, but you know, we should, we should try and, I mean, naturally, if we can, if if it doesn't naturally feel like that's that's where the conversation is going, then we shouldn't. Uh-huh. But that could be something we could give a try.
1: I like it. Uh, yeah, let's let's chat about that. Um, did you want to recommend a movie before we wrap this up?
0: Oh yeah. Um. Yes. So because, uh, over the weekend, we're I'm mean, we're all quarantined or whatever. I watched the uh, the film, the half of it, I believe, the half of it. Uh, it was written and directed by Alice Wu, who is the, an Asian film director. And uh, the movie is based upon this um, Chinese girl who is in a, like living with her um, widowed father. And uh, they're like running a railway station or something like that, cross station, uh, in a small town in the U.S. And it's like she's the only Asian girl in her school. She's the only Asian person around really so it's a very interesting um kind of romantic comedy coming of age story like high school uh, love and that kind of stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it, it does have an interesting twist because the the concept is this kind of jock guy likes this stereotypically pretty you know uh, prettiest girl in school. Mm -hmm. And then he asks the main character, Asian girl character, Ellie Chu is is the character's name, to help him write a love letter to this girl who's the prettiest girl in school.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you find out that Ellie is actually also secretly has, uh, like, feelings for, is attracted to the prettiest Mm -hmm. girl in school. So then there's an interesting dynamic there. And then it just plays out... In a way where it's like also kind of subverting your your classic formulaic like high school, you know, romantic comedy. Oh, the nerd nice. or the geek gets the gets the girl or the guy in the end. Uh-huh. So it did a very good job turning that those concepts on their head. Like mm-hmm. it really, the writing of the characters was very uh, multi dimensional. The acting was very good, so you believe the writing. It was also shot very well. That's nice. that also something. Like um, even though it seemed like it was a lower budget, like film, Uh just just in terms of locations or whatever, but it was still shot very well. And it's definitely it's definitely a must see in my opinion. I think like it it in terms of elevating kind of the authenticity of what it's like growing up in an Asian household, Mm -hmm. an immigrant household where you feel like you're you're kind of the outcast and you don't really know how to navigate that area. I think it's very good in that sense, and I highly recommend like. People to watch it, especially if like you're of Asian descent. Nice, the half of it. The half of it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. The half of it. All
1: right.
0: Yeah, that should be what it's
1: called. Nice. The half of it. Are you looking it up on your phone? Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Ah, cool, man. You you want to put out your socials?
0: Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, follow me at, at Josh Yang Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, YouTube Um, and uh, you could also check out another podcast I tried doing with um, Vong's show over the weekend called the Rice Comedy Podcast I believe Um, he's starting to do a lot more within that podcast and it's a bunch of different Asian comedians throughout Toronto Mm -hmm. uh, coming together in like kind of like a a panel structure where we talk about different topics um, uh, of the day that's like bong has like found and wanted to ask everybody their opinions on and uh i went on that over the weekend and also plugged the show so now we're gonna do i'm gonna try and plug the show whenever i can get on that so yeah try to expand a bit
1: nice um and you can find me at lucas uh you can sorry you can find me on instagram at lucas john ing on instagram and on facebook and uh, you can find this podcast uh, on Instagram at HWMIY Podcast. And hopefully you're watching on YouTube because you will already see the URL. Yeah. yeah. So um, remember
0: to like and subscribe and, and follow us on, on YouTube um, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I feel like we don't do, we're not consistent enough when we're, when we're yeah. self promoting in essence. We got to, okay, we'll do better. We'll do better. We'll do better. But, Episode
1: uh, 14.
0: Fourteen, I think so. Awesome.
1: All right, see y'all later. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli,
0: I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.